We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'll never call off fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey, double sevens. No matter how many times, I never get tired of that reference. Hop Hall of Fame for dirt, we love you with a deep reverence. Hi, this is Luka Doncic. Hi, I'm Kyrie Irving. And, and you're listening, listening to, to the Mavs Step, Step Back, Back Podcast. Podcast. They waiting on my fall off. I'll never call off. Fourth quarter pressure. Back of the jersey. Double sevens. No matter how many times, I'll never get tired of that reference. Hall of Fame for dirt. We love you with a deep reverence. Bad court nasty. I wonder who gon' check him. Cuban did his thing when he went and got number 11. I still got his picture on my wall at 707. Feel synonymous with Kyrie, how we both train with aggression. Competition obsolete. Trying to breathe life into my dreams. I'm so tired of sleep. Still got some work from last season that was incomplete. So hungry for redemption. Thank my boys, that's my overheat. Like Luca with his three from him. My mic is prone to overheat. I pride myself the most. I'm 22 and my folks proud of me. I took the heart away since I was 10. It's no surprise to me. A step back mass blowing up was no surprise to me. And I'm speaking honestly. Seven. How's it going, everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. Today I'm rejoined by our correspondent, Grant Afseth. He does a lot of great work for us over at DallasBasketball.com. Uh, he has been on an incredible trip overseas for the Mavs preseason. Uh, they were in Abu Dhabi. They started out in Abu Dhabi as the Mavs played the Timberwolves two times, and then he flew to Madrid where the Mavs took on Luca's former club, Real Madrid. Uh, he only played five minutes because of a injury issue he had that we'll get into later, but uh, it was a great uh scene you know for Luca to go back to Madrid and all of his former teammates he was happy even though the Mavs lost you know he could tell he you you tell he was kind of happy that (laughs) everything played out the way it did but Grant what was that trip like for you overall have you gotten over the jet lag I actually have Uh, I think the World (laughs) Cup being uh, 14 hours uh, initially of a time difference uh, definitely helped me with uh being able to get over that next, uh, yeah, being able to get over that next, uh, little like seven hour, nine hour type of difference for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it, I'll be honest. I don't know if I could do it. And I, <laughs> it was, uh, it was, uh, it's one thing for me to fly to Springfield for hall of fame stuff, which was, I mean, it was easy, you know, there and back and it was under 72 hour trip. It's another thing to go across the pond <laughs> 
to uh, uh, to cover the Mavs in preseason like that, and that is dedication. I, I tip my hat to you. That is that is true dedication, and I know everybody appreciates you know you going over there and, and covering the Mavs the way you have, uh, not just for that trip, but just throughout the entire summer. So kudos to you. I know I know it was a rewarding experience for you personally, but you know it was a re- rewarding for everybody else too. So. Um, it, it it sets the tone for what should be a very exciting season. Now, whether it's an exciting season in a good way or not, it's going to be exciting regardless. We found that out last year, uh, even though the Mavs crashed and burned, uh, we found out that it was exciting either way. So hopefully it's exciting in a good way, but it doesn't seem like they're getting off to the greatest of starts as far as injuries or concern. So what's the latest, you know, you were at practice yesterday. What's the latest on uh, Luca and Kyrie and the Mavs injury situation? Yeah. So after missing the last two preseason games, Kyrie Irving, he has, uh, or he was a full participant uh, after that groin injury. And it sounds like uh, there's no concern with his status uh, going forward, but Luca on the other hand, uh, it sounds like optimism that he could play on opening night, as opposed to, you know, like a definitive answer that he will, yeah. he'll be available to play. And, uh, you know, as he continues to uh, recover from a, a left calf injury, it was labeled a uh, mild strain and he'll be reevaluated later this week. Um, and, you know, he's already been ruled out for Friday's preseason finale against the Detroit Pistons, which, I mean, that's not too much of a surprise whether healthy or not, considering, you know, yeah. the, the availability of the last uh, three preseason games when most stars – you know, they, they barely even touch half for uh, their team's preseasons for sure. Well, just from what I've seen, I mean, it, it seems like Kyrie just from, you know, even with him on the sidelines and street clothes for those, those preseason games, it looks like he's moving around. Well, I mean, he's dancing on the, on the baseline and everything. I mean, he seems like he's okay. So, and you know, he did make some comments in his, uh, it wasn't media day. He did his before media day. Uh, but in his training camp opening comments, you know, he mentioned how he's 31 and he's really not taking preseason as seriously as what he used to because of that. Cause he, you know, he's entering his 13th year and he's just being cautious because <clears throat> he understands the importance of the Mavs getting off to a fast start. But he also wants, in his terms, he wants them to peak at the right time. So, uh, he's being cautious there. Luca, I'm actually more concerned with Luca's injury status than I am Kyrie because that left calf is the same one that he strained that caused him to miss the first three games of that uh, Utah Jazz series two seasons ago. Uh, and, you know, it it was in the season finale against the Spurs. He strained it and he ended up, it, it, they didn't even know if he was going to be back for the first round of playoffs. And, you know, it's kind of it's kind of weird. You know, it's kind of me putting on a conspiracy theorist hat. But, I mean, I, you almost have to wonder if any of that stuff is connected. You know, with Luca's calf strain, it being the same injury, you know, maybe it didn't completely heal. Uh, you know, I wonder if that has anything to do with all the Casey Smith stuff that has come up lately. Maybe not. I mean, maybe it's just a case of, Casey Smith is taking a step back and no pun intended and, you know, just uh, moving on to different things. But 
I don't know. It's almost like like did the Mavs just lose faith in him? Maybe I don't know. I that's that's just where my head immediately goes when I found out that you know uh, it's the same calf injury that Luca had two seasons ago. Yeah, I think uh, in general with his uh, left leg, it's been very interesting because that's all. That's also the same leg as his thigh injury that's kind of been lingering as well. And when you kind of put the pieces together for that, it's like. I don't know. So it's definitely not a good thing to have someone who's an ultra high usage player who puts a lot of wear and tear, uh, you know, both during the NBA season and during their international play in the NBA offseason with their national team. Uh, that's, uh, you know, that adds up a lot, especially since the condensed calendar uh, since COVID with basketball for players who do play for both their NBA and their national team. That's just a lot to have in like a, a four to five year span, including, you know, next year's Olympics as well. So you know, I think just definitely something to monitor is the the left leg kind of holding up. And, uh, you know, last year throughout the early part of the season, he played so well out of the gate. I think it was like almost like only Wilt Chamberlain had more 30-point games from this opening game. It was crazy. Yeah. Like it was that. insane. And then, <laughs> and then he kind of like, like sort of had a, a buildup physically of how much of a workload that he carried. Uh, so I think um, that's definitely something to monitor. Like in general, in sports, you don't really get healthier the more the, like entering a season when you you know play the games and have all the day to day going on. So how that gets managed uh, will be very you know essential for the season overall, and definitely something to keep an eye on closely for sure. What was interesting to me was, and I mean, it, maybe it's one of those outlier things that doesn't matter as much, but I saw a a, a stat where teams that not just went overseas to play one game and come back, but teams that like had their full preseason basically overseas, it they actually end up having a pretty decent record after the, the you know the first 20 games of the season, surprisingly. Uh now the Mavs, they've had it before where they just play one game over there and come back. And I think the record, if you split it up that way, is a lot, <laughs> a lot more brutal. So uh, maybe it's an outlier, but I'm hoping <laughs> that the Mavs can get off to a fun start, not just for their sake, but for our sake, too, because it's a lot more fun covering a team that's winning a lot. So, um, you know, we'll just have to see how it goes. A couple of things I want to talk to you about before we uh, head out here. I won't keep you very long, but uh, you recently did a Mavs film study on Derek Lively. Uh, specifically on him and his ability to potentially be a defensive anchor for the Mavs. So I won't get you to spoil that too much because, I mean, obviously you want people to, to go and uh, read and watch that and all that. But, I mean, what was your general takeaway from studying Lively and his ability to protect the rim for the Mavs as a 19-year-old rookie? Yeah, I think it's a lot of what we kind of expected from him early on in his career, where it's like a mixed bag, where there's a combination of getting used to, you know, facing just generally like NBA physicality. Like I remember during the first game, him and Omax had a tough time, you know, kind of banging around with Carl Towns and Rudy Gobert. And, you know, luckily, since, I, you know, we were there. I was able to talk to both of them after that first game and they admitted that they said it was like, you know, physically adjusting to that was a challenge, but I think they responded very well in the second game. I think there was just some more of like uh, adjusting to the style of that NBA game uh, where there was times where things like Rudy Gobert would roll and uh, he would seal off uh, Derek Lively. And then, you know, if, if there was a, a blow by out on the perimeter, then there's nobody left on the back end to be able to clean up the mess 
so little things like that, like knowing how NBA players and individual players, as he has multiple matchups against, you know, different stars and just different players in general, how they're going to approach the game, I think will do him a lot of justice. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be definitely like a learning process. Uh, and that, that was to be expected because, you know, 19 years old, uh, there's a there's a lot of intricacies that go into being a rim protector, even just your timing of rotations, learning a scheme. And, you know, the Mavericks, they put a lot of responsibility on the big uh, for their scheme, uh, you know, like calling out beer switches, handling ice coverage, judgment calls. All those things are going to take time for him to get used to, especially, you know, not even just the scheme, just like it's a little bit different when you're not playing ACC basketball and you're yeah. going against Damian Lillard <laughs> who can pull up for the parking lot or Steph Curry and you have to make those judgment calls and you learn very quickly okay I can get away with this this works this doesn't work and there's games within the game as well too like the other team once you learn uh, something as any part of the defense that there's going to be an adjustment and then you're adjusting to their adjustment you're learning oh okay well now there's a game within the game as well so I think you know, it was very interesting to see, like, the early, like, kind of return, if you will. And I think he handled it overall pretty well. Uh, but it's definitely going to be a, a situation where there's a lot to iron out as the uh, his rookie season plays out. Yeah, I mean, from, given where he's come from when we first saw him in Summer League to what we've seen in these preseason games, it's a couple things are obvious to me. <clears throat> One... He's still, I mean, no matter how good he is, he is still a 19-year-old rookie, and he's going to have moments where it's like, okay, you know. <laughs> he obviously isn't going to have the advantage against a guy that's been in an NBA weight room for almost 10 years, 10-plus years, you know, however long it's been. Uh, so that's the first thing. Like, no matter how much progress he's made, I think he's added like 15 pounds or so since he was drafted. But, you know, he's still got to – put his time in in the weight room to get to that point physical maturity I guess is what you'd call it uh so he's still got to get to that point to be you know to reach his ceiling but the other thing is you know the instincts the basketball IQ the his ability like Tyson Chandler said he's like a sponge you know he just he's soaking up all this information he's retaining it and he's applying it the next time he's out there you know, he said, I think it was Chandler that said, you know, when he makes a mistake, chances are he's not going to make that same mistake again when he's back out there just because he's such a quick learner. So all of that is really encouraging to hear. And I think when you're playing with a guy like Luca, uh, you know, he can help mask a lot of those rookie mistakes. Uh, I mean, we've we've seen that with Luca playing with Dwight Powell, who has the highest offensive rating in NBA history. <laughs> individual offensive rating. Now that that's skewed, obviously, because that offensive rating is more of a team stat. But it's still hilarious when you look up the highest one in NBA history. There he is, Dwight Powell. Uh, so I, I'm excited for that. I think I think Lively is going to have a very productive rookie season. I don't think it's going to be something where he's like, you know, in the rookie of the year uh, campaign or anything like that. But I think it's going to be. I think the Mavs are going to be very happy that they ended up selecting him. Uh, with a lottery pick in this past draft. Now, Omax Prosper, you know, he has the physical tools. He has the the same, you know, the basketball IQ and the want to and everything that Lively does, but he might not be quite as ready as what we thought uh, heading into this. You know, at, at the time of the draft and in summer league, it was like, okay, maybe 
Omax is going to be the guy that, you know, steps in from day one. And the Mavs were still searching for a veteran uh, starting center. And as things have progressed, it's like, oh, okay, well, Lively's probably going to be the day one starter at center and Omax coming off the bench. So uh, it's interesting how that can all change in just a few months. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Uh, one more thing you probably saw, I was just running through our DallasBasketball.com page there, but, uh, one of the most recent ones we did, we did a staff round table, basically just predicting where we think the Mavs will end up in the Western conference when the dust settles. And to no one's surprise, I'm pretty optimistic about their, their chances, but, my reasoning for this is all based on health. If they're not healthy, like if they start out the season and Luca's calf isn't going to be right and Kyrie misses several games to his groin soreness or whatever it is, then, you know, I'm throwing my prediction out the window. But if if they're fine, if they're just if the Mavs are just being cautious and they start out the season and they play the way I expect them to, I can see them being a top four team in the West. I can see them getting back to home court. You know, I look back to that 2022 team that made it to the Western Conference Finals. And aside from Luka coming back and doing his normal thing, the biggest driving forces, and I put this in that my answer on that roundtable, was, you know, they, they didn't have one true defensive anchor on that team, but they were so connected on defense. Just great team defense. And, like, people can say what they want to, about Jason Kidd as a as a head coach, but you know when he had those guys connecting the way they did on that end of the floor, it brought out the best in him too. Because you know that's that's where he thrives is coaching defense like that. And we saw that in that Phoenix series. You know he was he was into it. He was actually coaching. Uh, so that was the two. That was one driving factor. The other one was Jalen Brunson taking that next step and and being a especially in that Utah Jazz series, and then it kind of tapered off as they made their way to the Western Conference Finals. But when I look at it now, when I look at the pieces that have been added, if it gels the way it should, obviously everything on paper isn't going to translate over to the actual game. But 
if it does and the Mavs stay relatively healthy, I think they'll have more of a resemblance of that defensive uh, identity that they had two seasons ago instead of last year when they were a bottom five team. And then, you know, so to me, it's like the same general makeup. You're just replacing Jalen Brunson with Kyrie Irving, if that makes sense. And to me, you know, if if Luka and Jalen Brunson and that group of guys that, in my opinion, I feel like this roster overall is, you know, a little bit more talented than what that one was. If they can get home court advantage in the Western Conference two seasons ago, I don't, I feel like they can do the same uh, this season. So that's my reasoning for it. That's my prediction with health, you know, the asterisk on there is going to be health. So we'll just see how it goes. Now, uh, where are you at? I, I already know where you're at, but tell the people where you're at. Yeah, I think in general with this season, I think another factor to kind of build on everything that you said is probably that that third guard role. That was such a pivotal part after the trade deadline, uh, bringing in uh, or having Spencer Dinwiddie in the fold uh, to be able to kind of play. Like in some closing situations, they had three guard lineups. They had the size necessary to not give up a lot defensively, even though Dinwiddie's not like uh, he, he's he's a negative defender overall, but it, yeah. it's different when you're a negative defender with size as opposed to being just like, you know, like Seth Curry, who they could just pop the ball around and just quickly post up. And as we saw in Abu Dhabi at times with like Naz Reed uh, kind of taking advantage of that. And yeah. I think, uh, you know, that Dante Exum can fill a bigger role in that regard and, and be utilized potentially alongside Luca and Kyrie in certain lineups. That could be interesting. I think another factor would be, Jaden Hardy's development because you know as much as Dante Exum does a lot of the little things you still need that explosive scoring punch especially in games where you know maybe Luca's out maybe Kyrie is out and that kind of elevates things I think that that post all-star breaks uh, stretch of the schedule last year was important for Jaden Hardy to kind of handle bigger capacities uh, as opposed to like you know the start of the season when he was with the Texas Legends and then kind of like had spot opportunities at times like on second night of back-to-backs on a random day uh, against yeah. Chicago in like December <laughs> or January. Like it's a little different when you have like three straight games and it's like, he's taking 20 shots, 60 plus total in a span like that. So I think uh, and having that whole summer league to kind of handle his development as well as the top option with all those double teams and different uh, schemes where he's the focus. I think his development that that'll be important for that to provide depth and another punch. And I think just overall, as you said, with the defensive identity, it's a little different when you have that natural sort of like vertical threat. Like Grant Williams talked about this actually after yesterday's practice. He mentioned, you know, like that's something that we can't replicate outside of Derek Lively. And him being a vocal communicator, uh, having that seven foot seven wingspan and being a sponge, as you know, you as you mentioned, with, you know, some good mentors and a, a veteran team with a lot of, you know, players that are willing to pass down knowledge. It's a big difference. Uh, you know, in some situations, veterans are more reluctant to pass down knowledge uh, yeah. and they're mostly worried about their jobs. But with the Mavs, it definitely seems like those players, whether it's Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleba, they're all willing to share information and getting those reps with players that are very like technically sound uh, definitely will help throughout a full season. And where Lively's at as a sponge throughout a regular season will be very interesting to kind of check back on like in late January after the all-star break in March and things like that. And if a lot of those factors, I guess, with all the development go their way, uh, not all of them usually do for a team, but if a lot of them do, that's a game changing factor for their overall season. 
But I also think another player that's very important to watch is Josh Green. Uh, you know, he his extension Agree. situations coming up. Uh, you know how that impacts him. Uh, he's a confidence-based player. It does seem like I know that's a cliche to say for like any player needs confidence, but like oh, I mean, it's true. It, it yeah. affects him more than most, in my opinion. I mean, we saw it last year because uh, uh, he was starting like basically full time at that point when they when they got a uh, Justin Holiday off of the the buyout market. And then, like two games later, Justin Holiday was starting in his place, and he, Josh Green, just was not the same player for the rest of the season, confidence-wise. After that happened, so you have to wonder, <laughs> well, what he's going to be like to start out this season. And look, he could still start on opening night, but you know, everything that you've heard, everything I've read, and everything, you know, it, it seems like that is still very much up for grabs. Like even Derek Jones Jr. Uh, per reports, you know, is in contention for the the starting job there. So, you know, we'll have to see. Uh, Josh Green, Derek Jones Jr., Omax, probably not Omax, but you know, it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire, and we'll see how Josh Green responds if he's not starting on opening night. But you know, uh, as far as Lively is concerned, if he wasn't vocal. I mean, you can have the basketball IQ and the size and everything, but, I mean, if you're not vocal, you're not going to be a very effective defensive anchor. And so I think that's a big thing that has gotten him in the spot that he's in uh, going into this season. So good for him. Uh, One more note on what you said. The Mavs, they'd still have questions with that third ball handler, but I'm very happy for them (laughs) that they're going into this season with options like Seth Curry and Dante Exum uh, and Jaden Hardy, you know, instead of last season when they were, you know, twiddling their thumbs and trying to do stuff with Faku Compazzo or uh, Kimball Walker throughout the season, you know, stuff like that, that it's like you knew it wasn't going anywhere. You knew Kimball Walker when when uh, GM Nico Harrison, uh, before he even – took the court for the Mavs, he was basically like, yeah, his knee is cooked. Uh, he, I'm paraphrasing. He obviously didn't say that, but that's what I took from it. <laughs> and that ended up being the case. So, you know, I think they're in a better position overall now, uh, you know, from where they were last year to how they are this year. We'll see who, uh, you know, ultimately overtakes uh, that spot as being the true third ball handler for the Mavs. But, All right, Grant. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. It's going to be a long season. Uh, So when we do these these pods and get these updates from practices and games and stuff, I'm going to try to keep them short because, you know, it's a long season. We're not going to – we're not going to stay on here and talk 45 minutes like (laughs) like a regular uh, podcast, you know, once a week podcast would do. But uh, I do appreciate it. Before I – take off here i do want to share something hold on let me get my i'm still getting used to sharing the screen let's see okay so guys uh this is a t-shirt fundraiser that we're doing uh it's for the dirt novitsky foundation all proceeds go into it um i just wanted to share this on here because i've already gotten several uh, pre-orders like north of 20 
just from this post yesterday. So if you want one, I mean, we're going to leave this open for a while. So, I mean, even if it goes past this first batch that we're doing, you know, you can still do it later on if you want to, but uh, it's $28. I don't know if you've ever had a comfort colors t-shirt, but you know, they're pretty durable. They're pretty comfortable. So if you want one of these, please let me know, get your name in there. Uh, you can either DM me or email me at Dalton at mavstepback.com. We'll get you all squared away there before we do the uh, uh, the order of this first batch. So, uh, okay, now let me get out of this. <laughs> Had to do a little bit of uh, a cleanup work there, but Grant, I do appreciate it, and uh, I hope you have a great rest of the day. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I always uh, look forward to talking about the Mavs with you for sure. And, guys, be sure to go check out all of Grant's work at DallasBasketball.com. We've got a lot of stuff coming down the pipe today uh, as we get closer to the start of the regular season, which, you know, we are single-digit days away. Today makes it eight days away until the Mavs open in San Antonio against Victor Wimbanyama and the San Antonio Spurs. So it's coming up quick. Mavs have one more preseason game on Friday against the Detroit Pistons to finish up preseason play. And then we are going to be off to the races next week. So appreciate it, guys. Y'all be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And hit that subscribe button on YouTube. We appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.